On this episode of Resi Week, we talk renovations not getting canceled, Frank Stearns is retiring, and the skilled labor shortage. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 355. I was slow. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Crestron. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup for all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for avnation.tv. And this week, I'm pleased to be joined by two of my good friends. First, we have Amanda Wildman. She's the co-owner of True Media Home over in the great state of Michigan. How you doing, Amanda? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me again, Matt. Thank you for being here. And then we have my good friend, the Florida man himself, Mr. Seth Johnson. He is a software development manager at Blackwire Design. How you doing, Florida man? Doing great. Notice you didn't say the great state of Florida because... I should have. <laughs> All right, let's kick this off with a story that comes to us from Residential Tech Today. And the gentleman who was also supposed to be on the show today, but he's bathing in another Georgia wind, so he didn't want to show up. Uh, the home renovation projects are going to continue into 2023, despite economic uncertainty. Uh, a House Inc. survey, because it has two Zs or Zs, so you really got to stretch that sucker out. Um, renovation projects have been canceled by less than 1% of homeowners, despite the economic uncertainty. Um, they surveyed over 4,000 homeowners uh, to come up with that. 37% of respondents uh, completed a project in 2022 and nearly one quarter are planning to start a home improvement project in the next 12 months. All right. <clears throat> so we're going to take this with two grains of salt right off the bat. One, it's a house survey. Um, <laughs> so I trust that about as well as I trust a U.S. political poll because um, they all got it wrong. So... That aside, I have heard from multiple people that they are seeing no slowdown whatsoever in renovations. Amanda, let me, let me start with you. Is this what you're seeing? Is this what you think is tracking? Um, and is there a way or how do we take advantage of the fact that renovation projects are still going on? Uh, it seems with the juggernaut uh, that it has been the last year and a bit. Well, I think the reason that people aren't canceling is, is because they've had these projects planned uh, for a while and everybody has like the whole jealousy or the FOMO or what are you calling it when they see all of their friends posting all of their pictures of all their renovations of their kitchens that they did over the pandemic or their, you know, home renovation, things like that. So people, once they finally get a contractor, they aren't going to cancel on it because I think they've waited so long to get people because everyone's been so backed up. But one of the things that I found really interesting in that article too, is they said 37% of people are struggling to find the people that they want to work on the project. And I, I will tell you, like my mom wants to renovate her kitchen right now. And I honestly told her, I'm like, save up your money right now and just wait because anybody that is not busy right now is not good. <laughs> I think all of the good people are busy. <laughs> so unless like you're planning on like booking up with somebody like for the, you know, 12 to 18 months out, 
Um, if they're available, like if you call them and they're available in the next, like, you know, four to six weeks, they probably aren't stellar. Um, <laughs> you, you gotta ask why they're free, why they have free time. Correct. Correct. So I would be, you know, worried a little bit about that. So, I mean, I think definitely take their time. And I think the people that aren't canceling is because they've seen how long it's taken. Mm -hmm. And if they've accumulated their, their team that they trust, the people that they've worked with through this, um, they don't want to cancel because they don't know when they're going to get those people back again. So they're going to keep those projects on the docket. Very good point. Seth, I get concerned when I see these. For the same reason I get concerned when the, the U.S. Fed redefines recession when they enter a recession right the, the it's all made up matt i, I mean I, what I, are you no, worried I, about i know it is <laughs> but there is a very weird disconnect right now with what the market and the industry and the cost of goods is doing and the general populace that is like yeah it's not weird that i'm paying four times what i used to pay like six months ago for milk that's not odd at all but when I talk to people about what they're doing with with their projects and with renovations, that doesn't seem to be a concern. And and by extension, when I talk to other people in the industry, like our industry, the outlook is very rosy, whereas I'm fairly bearish on what's going on right now. Is this just what Amanda alluded to, that people have finally found contractors or they finally got on on a list? to get their project done. So it doesn't matter what's going on. They're just going to keep going forward. Well, I mean, it's not just that too, in this, in the same thing here, the, the same amount of people, 37% said that they couldn't get the products that they mm -hmm. wanted or they were having trouble finding them. So yeah, I think once you get to the end of that road, people like nice things. And if you have work lined up and you have all the products sitting there to have it done, get it done. Um, it's not like, it's going to bring bring down your home value or anything like that if you're going to invest later on or you want to you wanted to move um it's actually hard right now like if i wanted to move i could sell my house for a lot of money but i have nowhere to move to like i i kind of like where i live so there's some good it, real estate down in in sanibel and fort myers it's very cheap <laughs> oh yeah yeah it's a fixer upper um, but <laughs> You're buying land in, in some cases there. Be nice, um, Matt. Be nice. Come on. <laughs> Don't pick them while they're down. Come on. No, that's uh, my that's my it, spot. It, I'm shopping right now. Who are you kidding? Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's beautiful down there too. Not right now, but it will be. I mean, stuff grows back. So yeah, it'll be fine. But yeah, I I, I think it's a matter of just people people wanting their nice things, uh, and and I don't think that's going to stop them. I don't think I don't think that people have really seen for a while now um the numbers that scroll across the bottom of the ticker making any sense to their lives at all and i, I think there's a big disconnect um between consumers and, and what those funny money numbers are because really it's just made up at the end of the day wow <laughs> there's the hot take from so the hot take from millennial right so yeah millennial yeah exactly <laughs> it's all made up it so doesn't take matter that for what it's worth <laughs> oh gosh this is this is going to be the show all right. Um, let's change topics for a second, but kind of not really. Uh, this Are comes we? to us. <laughs> no, not at all. We're we're in one great vein, thanks to our producer Mitchell today. Uh, this comes to us from CE Pro uh, Frank Stearns, a, a good friend of the show, a good friend of mine, a friend of Amanda's, and literally everybody. Um, 
I, I think has come across Frank over the years. He is going to step away and retire at the end of the year after 42 years in our industry. He worked for Niles, Sony, Sound United, uh, among a, a couple others, I believe. <coughs> Literally just one of the great guys um, within the industry. Read the article. It, it's a great little interview about uh, what he's planning to do and and a nice look back over his career. One of the things that this brought to mind, and, and again, congratulations, Frank, enjoy your retirement, yada, 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 yada. Um, Seth, one of the things that I think about when I, when I see these, there has been a, a, a large number of industry veterans over the last little bit and pers- presumably in the next couple of years that are all going to retire we're seeing a, a huge swath of people within the industry um, retire and leave because they're hitting that age where that's what you do. Um, what are we doing to, or is there anything we can do to try and maintain some of that, that knowledge? Because some of these people have, they've been around for years. They've seen every problem in every issue. And I'd like to think that they've handed that knowledge excuse me, that knowledge down, but we know it doesn't always work like that. Yeah, no, it, it really doesn't. There's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of guys that I know that are, that are getting up there that aren't pulling wire anymore. You know, I definitely don't want to do that if I were to get back into, into that side of the industry. Um, But I, I, uh, I definitely have a lot of knowledge built up from my days actually pulling wires. So it's, it's not like um, sharing that. I, I probably not a good, Good wire puller never was <laughs> i did a good job i was just slow and uh that, that that's a problem uh but th- they're they're having having like a, a complete like business outlook and, and everything like having the complete process of the business that we have all kind of col- collab collaborated and, and put together with like i think about what we do as as av integrators and and all of the things that we get involved with and there's just not any trade like it out there you could be doing high-end projector theater one day and then drilling holes for a central Mm -hmm. back the next day and there's not a trade on earth that that really does such a different um uh spectrum a full spectrum of 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 product and product design and and installation than the av integrator that's out there today um depending on what business they get in so yeah i mean it's it's, it'll be interesting to see what happens when we get a bunch of, you know, young, uh, what, what do they call them these days? They, they, they call them uh, hardcore snappers, <laughs> hard, hard. They want to, they want to have the, the hardcore business and, and, and get in there and, and, and work really hard. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, what, what are we, what are we working for? Like we're, we're working to put food on our table and to have, you know, nice things, you get your renovations done at home and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, it, it's nice to see, it's nice to see retirement on the table, uh, for, for people in the industry, for sure. Yeah. That's a really good point. Amanda, you're in the boat that, uh, I, I think a lot of us are as, as an integrator, as the owner of an integration firm and a very good integration firm, but also not a like 50 person company firm. There's a handful of those. As a small business owner, and I don't use that term in any way, shape, or form as a derogatory term, but as an SMB owner, do you have, like, 
do you have a retirement plan? It, how do you go about developing one? Th this is something that as an industry, we really need to pay attention to because all the other trades that, that Seth alluded to, they don't have it either. And that's mm -hmm. why you see guys hanging drywall at 75. Yeah. So I think it's been an interesting topic actually at my house, um, especially uh, over the last couple of years, because um, yes, I'm a small business owner, but I also have kids that are older. And when we originally started our business, the, the thought process was, is, you know, this is your dad and mom's business. Um, this is what we chose to do. We didn't want it to be something that like it had to be a passed down you know, in the family thing. Um, we've sent our kids to kind of, you know, pursue their their interests and their things. Interestingly enough, though, this last year, our daughter actually got involved in the business and now she's actually working full time. So Cedia Expo was her very first expo being at. But it's a very interesting difference in the fact that one, she only wants to kind of work on what she wants to work on, right? Huh. <laughs> um, which has been an interesting, go figure, <laughs> um, what area. But she also has a very different outlook at it because she has a different like level of security because even though it's mom and dad's business or whatever, she like looks at it as it is a job. She gets a paycheck. And if something were to happen, like she just move on to like a different job. She take that skill set someplace else where mom and dad, like this is okay. What is our game plan? Are we going to eventually transfer this business over to our kids? Do we sell it off to our kids? Do we sell it to somebody else? Um, what does that look like for us and how are we planning for that? And that is definitely something big on our minds right now. And so we're really looking at like the processes of our business. We're going through a big kind of like pain point or growth right now because it's not valuable if there aren't processes in place, right? If your business can't run without you, if you have to be there to run it, it's not saleable, right? To somebody else. So you got to think about that. Um, I would say for this whole article about Frank, I want to say like kudos to him for the fact that he can do it. I love the fact that at the end he says it's not goodbye, but perhaps see you later, because I think there's something really weird about this industry where we also very, very much have a tendency to give back and a compassion for giving back. So I don't think it's going to be the last that we hear from him, whether that's in some sort of a volunteer capacity or mentoring capacity or a teaching capacity or something. I have no idea what that would be. Um, but when I read that article, one, it made me kind of think fast track. What am I doing with my business? Am I going to be able to afford that retirement? Or do I just like work until all of a sudden, like, that's it. And I'm done. I don't want to have that. So I've got to think about that process. And the second thing it really made me think about is, I know this is going to sound so corny and you're going to mock me forever for this, Matt. Me? But I, yes, you. But we as an industry are an industry that is still, I think, fairly young in the fact that we have a lot of our quote unquote forefathers, right, of the industry still alive and still here. And so my biggest thing is, is what are we going to do to get their stories, to honor their message, to honor what it is that they do and take that knowledge going forward? Because like, I mean, like if I was an electrician, you know, and I had the opportunity to hang out with Edison or Tesla or, you know, whatever, like I would soak up every second of that. So I really hope that like this new generation that's coming in is taking the opportunities to really soak up the knowledge of these people that have been around so long. And I really hope that we figure out 
a way to honor these people's like their message, their knowledge, and be able to continue on and encapsulate that because our industry, we're lucky in the fact that we're young enough that we still have those people around. Yeah, that, that that's a very valid point because we've all been in this for a while, so we don't think about it in those terms, but really for the most part, it's only been around for like 40, 50 years, 50 yeah. years, maybe, maybe 55, give or take. I mean, um, you can still find the people around that invented, right? All of the different yeah. things, right? It's not so far-fetched. It's not like we're well, talking about, you know, like Ford and, you know, the first assembly line, right? All those people are yeah, gone. Spirit invented the dimmer in like 51, right? Yeah. Like, like it's, it's not that long ago um, that, that we started. <clears throat> Just before we move on to this, I, I do want to comment for a second. I, I read an article and I've been, I'm trying to find it right now and I can't. Um, the construction industry is supposed to lose something like 30% of their workforce in the next five years from retirement. Yeah. And I know one of the, and again, don't quote me on that stat, but it was, it was, it was like a third of the workforce, something like that, um, is planning to retire in the next or, or just stop working. And you can figure out how that will work in your head. I'm not going yep. that dark. Um, it, it, it's not an issue that just affects us. It, it is just a, an industry issue. But one of the things that I find very um, cognizant was I. there was a period where I, I had a conversation with my wife after doing a home show. And I hate home shows. I detest home shows. I can't express how much I detest home shows. Um, oh, I love them. <laughs> I know you do. And I absolutely detest them. But I, I bring that up because we had this conversation after the last one that we did as a company. And we were across the aisle from a, a, a contractor that I know we've done some work for, we don't work for anymore, but we're friendly with them. And he was in his mid 60s having a hard time walking around, still slinging the home show game because that's the only way he got business. Yeah. And I looked at that and I turned to Fiona and it, honestly, this was probably 10 years ago. And I said, we are never doing this to that point. I yeah. don't want to be to the age where I can't walk around and I'm still trying to pull wire. Yeah. Which, and I think that is... I think that's a side of our industry that might help in, in the future is that we are, we're a younger generation who isn't looking at that and saying, like, I'm perfectly happy to work till I'm 65, 75, 85. I don't really care, but I don't want to be pulling wire or slinging home shows at that age. Now, if I can yeah. show up in glad hand for a minute, sure. But <clears throat> I, I do think that this is my, this is my soapbox moment or, or one of them from today of take some time and think about that, figure it out, get an investment yeah. plan, get something in the, the, the fake markets that, that Seth was alluding to. Maybe not FTX. I wouldn't do that one. I, I think that probably not fun. a good investment at this point. Probably yeah, not, not a, a great investment. But, but figure out a game plan too. I mean, a couple of years ago, I mean, from our background in satellite, we had one of our guys that contracted for us. He had a heart, massive heart attack and he was the breadwinner of the family. And his wife had, no, like they had no game plan. Like he was in the hospital and he was recovering and you know, everything like that. And 
they were just a contractor for us. But the jobs that came in, we said, look, turn over, like, we happen to have a good relationship with them. We had them turn over their phone number to us. I sold the sales. My husband went out, we installed it. We just made sure that they got paid for it. Right. And it was just one of those things. Cause like, you know, that community is small. We're a small community. We take care of each other. I mean, they, he wouldn't have lasted that, you know, eight weeks or whatever. And he ended up, you know, getting back out and found, you know, found another job that he could do better, um, you know, not have to do that. But you have to have those things in place, particularly if you're a small business and if you're a family owned business and your family relies on it. I mean, I have to have a game plan and Ponch and I have talked about that. What happens if something happens to him? How does the business go on? Like, does it still go on with me owning it and having the employees does it still go on for him if I'm gone? Because like we both are very, very active, you know, in the business. So you have to sit down and have those hard conversations. They aren't fun um, always, but yeah, have the game plan. Don't leave your family like, and your employees like in the lurch hanging, you know? I really want to get to this one. So we're, we're going to do it anyways. So we might be a little, a little bit longer today. This comes to us from CE Pro and a good friend of the show, Arlen Swagger. Uh, skilled labor shortage. See, everything runs together. Um, a smart stage session branches out for recruiting ideas featuring uh, prep techs, Paul Starkey, and obviously true media's Amanda Wildman <laughs> read through the article, watch the, 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 the talk on, on YouTube, Amanda, this, this is a wonderful thing that, that you do. And heck, I think I saw you post something on Instagram like three days ago uh, of, of, I think you and Morgan out at what looked like a middle school doing a, mm -hmm. a, a, a training or an info session, if you will, on what our industry does and, and trying to get out there and preach that message about the channel. Is, is this a long game? Like, I, I know this is a long game, but how do we get more people in the community to understand that this is a long game? And if you don't get involved, your industry is going to die. It's, it's all about it not being a daunting task, right? It's all about like one of the things that I mentioned in that panel is it's about planting the seeds. Like you're not going to like all of a sudden have a whole funnel, like to an area school where you're getting employees that, you know, like pop out and are like, yes, I want to be an integrator. And yes, here's my application, you know, fresh out of high school, you have to plant those seeds. And so, for example, one of the things that I spoke about um, on that panel is, a lot of in the United States, I don't know if it's in Canada as well, but March is national reading month in the United States. Mm -hmm. And so the area schools, I know just from being a mom, they're always looking to have guest readers into the classroom. And there's this really, really great book that was written by a professional women in building group called the house that she built yeah. out of Utah. And uh, it talks about all women in different skilled trades. So it talks about the builder, the framer, the electrician. Unfortunately, it doesn't have an integrator. So I told him the next you know, version has to have an edit. <laughs> but um, it, it's this really, really great storybook. So I personally set a goal for the month of March that every week I wanted to go to visit at least one school and go read that book to a classroom. And so I just put it out there on my Facebook and I said, Hey, are there any classes looking for someone to pop in as a guest reader? And my inbox was like inundated. And I actually got another woman from my local uh, professional women in building PWB chapter. And she actually did a couple of them with me. 
And we, we figure we probably spoke to over 300 elementary school students. And we went in there, we read the book. I mean, literally it was a half an hour of my time reading the book. I bring in my tool bag. I bring in some of, you know, like my hard hat and high vis vest and, you know, let the little kids try that on and try, let them try to pick up my tool bag, you know, which is of course like weighs more than some of those elementary kids. <laughs> um, but, you know, for them to see the tools and to see what I do and, you know, understand that women can do it and that it is a viable career and a viable job. Now, Though that's the long game, right? Because some of those classrooms were preschool and kindergartners. I mean, they aren't going to graduate for, yeah. you know, years and years, decade, right? At least. Um, but it's planting those little seeds because they go home and, you know, they talk about it with their family members. They talk about it with their older siblings. The schools posted it. Um, they, you know, shared it out there on their social media. They shared it out to their career things. I was actually contacted from some of the trade schools, like the high schools after that and said, Hey, if you're willing to go, you know, to elementary schools, would you consider coming and visiting ours? And I got involved with, in my state, we have what's called the uh, Michigan Works program. And that's what my daughter was just at. I couldn't attend this past time, but she visited a trade school high school and it was 90 high school students. They had three tradespeople that came in, told about their job, told about what they did, how to get to, you know, where they go. And each of them set up a table and she demonstrated like about measuring for shades, right? So they were dealing with, you know, the laser tape measure and picking up fabrics. So she brought the fabric books. And, you know, when you talk to 90 students and it took an hour of your time, it's not just that 90 students. It's the fact that that school shared that social media post, Michigan Works shared that, my community sees that I'm involved, a couple of the associations that I'm part of reshared showing me being out there in the community. And so it's just those little seeds that kind of keep getting planted. And shortly thereafter, um, my local community college sent me a message said, Hey, I saw this. I want to update your job profile um, in our electrical program because we have some students coming through. And within five days, I had a, an application fully filled out. Um, I'm interviewing the guy next week. Um, to maybe be able to come on my staff because I could hire mm. a few more people right now. But it's those little seeds being planted all the time and depending on community partners to help spread that word. That's so, so important. But if you don't start now, I mean, you're already like super, super far behind. So it doesn't have to be a big thing, just something small. Yeah, that's a really good point. Seth, obviously we need to continue to encourage the industry to 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 follow Amanda's lead and get out there in the community and, and talk to people about what it is that we do. That doesn't solve the short-term issue though, right? And and I feel that too often because the long game is a long game, people also don't get involved in that one either. Is there anything that can be done right now to try and solve the the short to mid <laughs> long-term game of of trying to get more people available or heck just more bodies in seats trying to do something can we do anything or are we just stuck <laughs> this is such a complex problem i gotta say that that is awesome by the way just going and reading doing doing something as simple as reading to to elementary school students that's that's amazing uh it's a great idea i would have never have thought of that so good kudos. Um, 
I think it's just a, such a large multifaceted problem. The, the first thing I think of is like, well, wages, right? Like you could just pay somebody more, but then we still have a problem of having that person show up, right? Like a skilled person in our trade has to know quite a bit. And if they're just like one domain and that's all they can really handle security, it's kind of hard to train them on how to install high-end theater stuff, right? Like furnishings and that kind of thing. So it's it's tough. We've got a lot of training to do. I'm hoping to see what Cedia is going to be coming out with and pushing forward on the education side in the future, because that, that seemed to be where they've been trying to head for a while now. And um, I'd, I'd really like to see some, some, some more come out of that group in the future here, just to like say this, say, be able to give this industry a, a good example. This is what we do. This is how you get there. Here's the roadmap. And um, just kind of plot it out, you know, just the A, B, and C. And, and by the time you get to D or E, F or whatever, you're an expert in all of these fields. Yeah, I love it. All right, let's wrap it up there. Thank you both so much no for joining us. Seth, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Blackwire Design, where can they do that? Uh, you can head over to blackwiredesigns.com. We've got a bunch of stuff on there uh, between hardware and software uh, for sale. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Amanda, if people want to connect with you, learn more about True Media Home, uh, where can they do that? Uh, the website, truemediahome.com, or of course, any socials um, at True Media Home. Including TikTok. She's on that one. Including yeah. TikTok. Matt loves, Matt loves that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do. All right. Thanks again for joining us. If you'd like to connect with me, you can still find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and most other social platforms except for TikTok. Uh, but more importantly, please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as, a well, as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week.